podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We're going to pick up in 1 Corinthians chapter 8, starting in verse 1, and I'm going to go ahead and read the full chapter. Now concerning food offered to idols, we know that all of us possess knowledge. This knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. If anyone imagines that he knows something, he does not yet know as he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, he is known by God. Therefore, as to the eating of food offered to idols, we know that an idol has no real existence, and that there is no God but one. For although there may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God the Father, from whom are all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom all things and through whom we exist. However, not all possess this knowledge, but some, through former association with idols, eat food as really offered to an idol, and their conscience, being weak, is defiled. Food will not commend us to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat. We are no better off if we do. But take care that this right of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. For if anyone sees you who have knowledge eating in the idol's temple, will he not be encouraged, if his conscience is weak, to eat food offered to an idol? And so, by your knowledge, this weak person is destroyed, the brother for whom Christ died. Thus, sinning against your brothers and wounding their conscience when it is weak, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat, lest I make my brother stumble. I read the whole chapter to get a full picture of what our devotion is about today. For this reason, I feel like I only recently really understood what this passage was saying. At its core, it is about love and conscience. Now, let's break down what's going on here. It was common practice in the society that after an animal was sacrificed to an idol, to a foreign god, that some of the meat would then be sold to the public or served as a meal for the people to eat. And a debate, a, a debate arose among the Corinthian church as to whether or not it was acceptable to eat such meat or whether it was a sin. It appears that some Corinthians, out of the assurance that there is only one God and that these idols were in fact not real, decided it didn't matter at all if they ate this food. Others in the church, probably because of their previous involvement with such cults and idolatry, felt it would be a betrayal to God and a moral compromise to eat such a meal. And apparently they were getting nowhere and decided to ask Paul to weigh in on the issue. Once again, Paul, through the Holy Spirit's leading, is able to see through the details to the heart of the issue. And as is so often the case, the issue was one of pride. The group that knew, and correctly, that these idols were no gods at all, were led to pride and condescension. Verse 4, this knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. Knowledge alone is not enough for a healthy walk with the Lord. Knowledge alone leads to pride. Knowledge with love, now there's power. Pride caused this group to look down on fellow believers that had an issue of conscience. Love says, I lay down my rights so that I won't damage the walk of a fellow believer. Now, I used to think that this passage and similar ones like it in Paul's writings were saying something different. For example, let's say that through my reading of Scripture, I believe that there's nothing wrong with a glass of wine at dinner, so long as you don't have eight glasses of wine at dinner. The Bible says, don't get drunk, not don't drink. Now, I know there are a lot of different interpretations about these passages, but go with me for now. I thought this was saying, I should be careful with said freedoms 
because it might offend another believer who thinks that drinking is wrong. And my sort of fleshly response to that was, what do I care if I offend another believer? They're already a believer, and I believe that this is what Scripture says. And certainly no unbeliever will have an issue with drinking. But it's not at all what is being said here. Instead, what if my clear conscience conviction about wine causes a fellow believer who used to struggle with alcoholism to take a drink, even though he feels convicted about it? Now that is a very different thing. Scripture says in Romans 14.23, But whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats, because the eating is not from faith. For whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. We should have very serious concerns about leading a brother or sister to do something against their conscience. Knowledge about the things of God is in no way a bad thing. But knowledge alone, divorced from love and concern for one another, leads to pride, which is deadly. As we'll see in chapter 9 next week, Paul is perfectly willing to lay down his legitimate rights to avoid being a stumbling block for believers. And we are called to do the same. Don't assume that because something is acceptable for you, that it is necessarily acceptable for everyone. There are plenty of issues that Scripture doesn't speak to directly, or leaves open to interpretation, that people have different views on. Things like forms of worship, different kinds of acceptable entertainment, alcohol, politics. These are sensitive issues that lead to much debate even within the church. Now, we may be on the right side, we may be on the wrong side, even if there is a right side or a wrong side. What is of utmost importance in these issues is that we'll be open-handed, humble, and loving to one another, willing to lay down our rights for the good of our fellow believers. If we are so certain that we are on the right side of these issues, that we allow ourselves to treat fellow believers who think differently with contempt and condescension, we are directly contradicting the commands of Scripture. True believers are willing to lay down their preferences for the good of other Christians, for the edification of their brothers and sisters in the Lord. So God, help us to live this out. Help us to walk humbly with our God. Help us to find answers and assurance and direction from your word. But when we maybe hold a position different than another believer, allow us to be respectful in our disagreements. Allow us to bear with one another's faults when they have a weak conscience. We pray that you would help others to bear with us when our conscience is weak. Lord, thank you for the church, your body of believers that come together to encourage one another, to edify one another, to convict one another. We're not called to live this Christian life alone, but relationships are messy. So guide us, we pray, to love one another well, even and especially when it costs us something. Do this for your glory in us and for our good, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Let's Talk. Have a blessed day, church family. You are loved.